0: You're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research.
1: Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Welcome back to the show team. My name is Amelia, and today we have an extra special episode. Not just because we have two awesome guests, but also because we're here to celebrate, interrogate, and learn a little bit about shoddy science, which you are going to be seeing everywhere from National Science Week onwards. Some very cool stuff has been happening. And we are here to talk to two wonderful people. We have Bexky, who is a multidisciplinary artist. Welcome to the show, Bexky. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely a pleasure. We also have Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker, who is a senior lecturer in radio astronomy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Natasha. Hi, great to be here. This is going to be a lovely chat, but I think we should get to know you a little bit before we dive into the whole Shady Science thing. So, Beck, what is your job? Uh, so I have
0: a few different bits to my job. In my sort of day-to-day practice, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator and I work for commercial clients. So that's doing things like branding, illustrating, diagrams, laying out reports, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And then I have another part to my practice, which is my arts practice. And in my arts practice, I really like to explore Tasmanian native flora and fauna in illustration and also in murals that I hand paint around Tasmania.
1: Well, that sounds awesome and also quite different to the average job person who comes on this show, which is very exciting. Dr Natasha what about you? What is your job?
2: I'm a radio astronomer so I use radio telescopes to explore the universe and I'm really fortunate to live in Western Australia where we have one of the most radio quiet observatories in the world. So I work with a radio telescope called the Murchison Widefield Array and we use radio waves to explore all sorts of things in space so cosmic explosions, Great big clusters of galaxies, the the glow of our own Milky Way, uh, and yeah, I like to share this sort of thing with the world, and yeah, bring that science to the public. Well, that also
1: sounds very awesome. How, like, I I think one of you two should explain why are you both on the show together because they're not two people careers that usually spend a lot of time together. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll start. So, radio
2: astronomy has traditionally been kind of this invisible wavelength, right? You can see with your eyes, and so it's very easy to know what optical astronomers are working on. They're looking at stars, they're looking at galaxies, they're looking at things that you can see. But radio astronomy is kind of invisible to people. They don't really know. They think sometimes that we're listening to space uh, and that we're hearing things. It's not quite right. It's just another frequency of light. So any opportunity that I can see to bring the actual visual splendor of radio astronomy to the world I always see is. My work has involved looking at radio frequencies across a wide range of frequencies. So that means that there's a lot of similarities between what we see, like with our own eyes, and what I see with the telescope. So when I see things at low frequency, I can color them red in my images. When I see things at high frequency, I can color them blue. And I can kind of shift everything I see in radio to the visible. And that makes it pop, right? It makes it come alive in a way that is very uh, tactile and connects immediately. So, for instance, I look at supermassive black holes. And when the activity around them is very young and it's just starting, it looks blue. And when it's very old and it's just fading away, it looks red. And so I love that connection where you can see from the color of our, our radio colors, the astrophysics that's going on.
1: You make it just sound so delightfully beautiful. Thank and you. Elegant. It really is.
2: When, you, when you're looking out on one of these sort of radio tapestries, you think, wow, I'd really like to share this with more people. So yeah, I, I've done that a little bit in the past. I, there's a mobile app you can download called Gleam or Gleamoscope or Gleam VR. We have a bunch of them now. And there's a viewer called Gleam-o-scope, and Google that. Uh, And then you can play around with the radio sky and see all sorts of other wavelengths. So, yeah, when uh, the organizers of Shirty Science approached me and said, hey, we are thinking about turning science into cool fashion, I was like, sign me up. This is a way to turn beautiful radio astronomy images into something that other people can enjoy.
1: And I'll be honest, I was a little bit guilty of being one of the people that thought you were listening with really good headphones to, I mean, you you sort of can, you can listen to space. It's um, a common common misconception, but yeah, uh,
2: you can. It just would be really inefficient (laughs) and also probably really annoying. Like uh, a lot of the things that are out there, let's see how to put this, they produce radio waves across all the frequencies, whereas our music, uses just specific frequencies you know like a a c or something you've you've got just one frequency in there so it sounds lovely if you do them in harmonies it sounds beautiful the cosmos doesn't care about human ears so it's more like which is unlistenable
1: (laughs) also it doesn't like go with the whole elegant concept so okay so we've got the invisibility of radio astronomy and We have the concept of shady science, which is putting science onto t shirts, which is very cool. How did you get involved in the process? Uh,
0: So, uh, Maddie, one of the organisers, reached out to me to ask if I'd like to be involved. And it's a really exciting thing to be asked to be involved in something that's really outside of your background. So, my background is all in art and creativity, but I've always had a strong love for science. And the idea for me, on a personal level, of learning more about science and particularly Natasha's project which is just so intriguing has been a a great reason to get involved Uh, but also that idea of sharing science with more people and starting conversations and telling stories from this amazing research that's going on all across Australia and because there's seven artists and seven scientists who have been paired up we're going to get these really interesting and diverse uh, t-shirt designs. And I think that's really cool. It's really cool to have those networks happening that wouldn't have happened otherwise without this project, a chance for people to work in a different way um, and hear about things that they would never hear about otherwise. So that was a really great reason to get involved for me. And I also think like I've got small kids and they are absolutely fascinated with space and science. So that's been a really nice thing as well, is being able to talk with them about what I've been learning through the research of this project and listening to Natasha talk about the work that she's been doing so I think already there's a bit of sharing science that's been going around before these designs are even out there so that's been really lovely as well.
2: Yeah it's been wonderful to talk to Beck and she's asked such fantastic questions and it's really kind of made me look back on my own work as well and kind of appreciate it in a new way I see things in her art that are inspiring and make me think oh so for instance there's I think you can talk about the design shortly but There's a a little aspect in it that reminded me of the parts of the telescope that we use for the work. And the artwork is yet out in space. And so it gave me this sort of vibe of like the universe looking back on itself. You know, we are, we are part of the universe exploring the universe. And so I found that kind of delightfully, uh, awe inspiring and kind of connected. Which is, which is really lovely. So yeah, it's been really brilliant to work with an artist like and, uh Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what people think of uh, the collaborative design that we've created.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things with collaboration as well, because, and I, I don't know if this is the same for you, Natasha, when you're working, but when I'm working, often I'm just in my own zone. You know, I've, I'm thinking about the, the concepts that I want to show through my art and I can get really, you know, localized on an idea. So to be able to show that to somebody else and have those ideas challenged or reflected or extended is a great opportunity to really expand my practice as well and expand my ideas and see what's working and, and what other ideas can come from it. And I think that process of our collaboration worked really well. And it was exciting to bounce ideas off each other to come up with the design that we have. It just felt like a really nice process. It wasn't just Natasha told me what she did, and then I went off and did my bit. There was a lot of us um, having conversation in between, and I think that's really come out in the design yeah, absolutely
2: the, the I always say that actually humans individually are not all that intelligent uh The real magic comes when we communicate with each other. Communication does quite a few things you know it forces us to put our our thoughts and and, and embody them into whether that be a language, mathematics, a computer program art, and then the other person can reflect on that and create something new and that feedback process between the two people. That's just, is really where everything comes from. And it's one of the stereotypes that I fight against in science is this idea that like, there's just great thinkers. There's like five of them and they're all men and that's how science is done. And it's just absolutely not the case. You know, it's a real collaborative effort and the kinds of conversations I have with my colleagues, you know, that's where, where the creativity comes that we, you know, can create new projects But what I really love about this Charity Science Initiative is that, you know, when would I normally get to speak with an artist? When would I normally get to share those ideas? And so it's just been really wonderful. And I'm going to recommend it to all of my scientist colleagues for next
1: year, because I think we can all be inspired by this kind of partnership. And my heart is so warm hearing this conversation. And I think everyone listening is just going to be like, oh, this is like the dream of collaboration. But before we sort of continue and talk about the design, I would like to ask you, Natasha, you just mentioned that Becksky asked you some good questions. I was wondering if there was any particular good question that she asked you that, you know, you'd like to share.
2: We we had just such a nice discussion. So one of the nice topics that we discussed was this, uh, what it actually is like at the observatory. And of course, I've gone there a few times and I kind of take it for granted that everybody knows, but... They are, of course, these really remote sites that very, very few people in the world get to visit. And Beck was kind of, I may mean, be like gently questioning me about how bad is it to have all of this like radio astronomical instrumentation on the ground? You know, is that, is it like a mining area? You know, have we, have we turned this into a moonscape? And it made me realize, you know, cause no one can see them, but we actually really careful with our, our environmental impact. And what's so cool about radio astronomy, particularly the kind of telescopes I work with, which are very small, and very lightweight, is that we build them into the landscape. So we do have to clear like a very small patch, you know, three by three meters. And then we put the antennas down and then the native plants start to grow through the antennas and it really doesn't affect the radio waves at all. So it was talking to Becca kind of, you know, maybe remember, oh, yeah, you know, of the kinds of things that humans create, this is actually not that high environmental impact. And it's one of the kind of most connected to nature. So we started talking about how, and I've gone up there, seen all these beautiful seasonal wildflowers, and that started to turn into the inspiration for the design. So it was, it was, I hadn't really thought about it. And that kind of inspired its direction that we took.
1: I can already imagine like designs that could have come out of that discussion, especially like Vexky, if you're into Drawing nature, anyhow, that'd be quite yeah. sparks flying. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit? I mean, I don't think we can sort of describe the artwork because that's a bit odd. But I have just had the look, and apparently, I'm the third person on the planet to see it, and it is absolutely amazing. And I'm so stoked to get it like. I'm really looking forward to a T-shirt with this one on it because it's just to me, it encapsulates the vastness and the beauty of the space. How did you go about like even starting this design back?
0: Yeah, so for me, a big part of the process is listening. That's always the beginning process if I'm working with another person and wanting to bring a story or some ideas to life. So Natasha and I met and she was able to talk about her Work, which was fascinating and mind blowing for me and really too big for my brain. But I did ask for lots of links and images so I could spend some time later pouring over them and doing some extra research of my own as well around the things that were starting to take hold that this idea of space was really important and what Natasha's looking out into, but also the importance of where she's looking from. So it was that conversation that was starting to get those juices flowing and doing some research. And one of the beautiful things that Natasha sent me was a folder of images of the location of the telescope and seeing all of the flora that was coming up through the different bits of machinery and wires and other things just really captured my interest. And I love this idea as well of this mostly barren landscape but within it there's these pops of colour and life and much like the images that Natasha showed me as well looking at into space were these colours and pops of these blooming galaxies that she was looking at and so there began to be this tie-in of this idea of maybe there can be a way where we can talk about this sense of place and these beautiful intricate unique plants. Uh, and the parallels with the unique and beautiful coloured galaxies that Natasha was looking at. Uh And that's really where that started. And that process takes a bit of time. It's not always just an instant idea, but there's usually a seed of an idea that then I spoke to Natasha and I sort of said, this is some ideas I'm thinking about. How does this sit with you? And she could add her ideas in. And then I went off and did a bit more thinking and we had that back and forth about the ideas, really until the final version. It was a really collaborative process of building it up to what it was at the very end,
2: yeah, and I think even at the end um we, we worked like that, and then you said me that, I think that this is the final, and I just said i think I think there's just one more aspect we can build into this, and that was just that so when we are looking out into space, often you get uh, many different objects of different brightnesses. So Bexby had beautifully captured all of the colors, and there were so many beautiful similarities between these explosions of of wildflower color versus um, what we see, which is like the explosions of stars, distant galaxies. But I felt like perhaps we could just bring in a little bit more depth in that when we look out, we're looking out into this cosmic immensity. Some things are really far away and they're really faint, and just by adjusting kind of the brightness of some of the flowers that created this beautiful sense of depth. And I think that, that just that final last little link really it was just the icing on the cake and now the design is just perfect.
0: Yeah, thank you. I had so much fun with it. It was a good project. I think the other thing that was really interesting was uh, that we spoke about in our first meeting as well, and I still think it's come through in the final design, is this sense of the vastness of time. And one of the really beautiful things and and the distance and the space. And so one of those things with the looking out into the universe and seeing different things of different brightness as well kind of related to the length of time those wildflowers have been living in Western Australia. And they're unique to flowers. From anywhere else in the world and it's that time and isolation that means that they are so different from anywhere else and i really love that tie-in of that sense of time that those flowers have been there for thousands of years looking up at the sky that's been up there for thousands of years and and that relationship between the two it was just a really interesting theme to discover through the process
2: yeah absolutely and i really enjoyed that you went and got the reference i recognized Many of the flowers, I was like, I've I've seen that flower. I know that flower. Uh, You know, the wreath flowers are the really iconic ones. And, you know, they look just like Supernova remnants. It's really quite uncanny. So, yeah, that gorgeous connection between our living landscape and the the, the surprisingly active sky of of radio. I just, I really can't express how beautiful this design is and uh, how happy I am to see it uh, coming to life.
1: And it's it sort of sounds like these are things like particularly that connection, like that's not something in your day-to-day life when you've got grants to write and you've got papers to read and you've got things like you don't get that time and space yourself to take a step back and like really be like, wow, it is actually quite. And then to have that someone else come in and help be able to talk about that connection as well. I feel like that's, like that's kind of special.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like I get to do science and it's lovely, but a lot of it is just like anybody else's job. I'm sitting at a desk typing on a computer and then I have meetings. So sometimes you can get just kind of lost in this minutiae and and just the detail. And it's always really wonderful to take that step backwards and kind of look out and look up and look at things in a new way. And Bexby's Work and talking with her uh, made it possible to do that in a way that there's just no way I could do alone, right? Her the way she sees things is just so unique and so brilliant, and it does make me kind of take that back to my work and that enthusiasm. Then it definitely tides me through more than one meeting. No, it's, it's it's really <laughs> fantastic, and I'm so excited that lots of other people are going to see this as well, and uh, yeah, maybe be inspired.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we will definitely work on making quite a fuss. This is the first design I've seen, so obviously it's my favourite. But um, <laughs> it's pretty epic. Did you have a vision, Natasha, when you were going into this of like what you wanted? Like, did you have secretly in your heart the thing that you wanted Becksky to design, or were you just like, we'll go with the flow?
2: No, not not any real preconceptions. I mean, I had done one. Uh, kind of fashion related thing which was just to print the entire survey uh, on a uh, like a silk scarf a double-sided silk print which I wear whenever I give like a public outreach talk it's just it's exactly what a scientist would do I literally took all the data and just printed the data it's got no interpretation (laughs) it is just a copy of the data uh, which obviously other scientists are like oh I like what you do that's great but there's not any interpretation there. There's not any um, artistry. Uh, And I wouldn't have even known where to begin, really, you know, change the color palette a little bit. It really takes all different kinds of humans to, you know, create a beautiful world. And so I didn't, I knew that I wasn't going to come in and control that creative aspect. But I was very happy to supply that with all of the images and to talk endlessly and unless cut off yeah just forever about radio astrophysics but yeah no, I'm, I'm really pleased um, that we came up with something that was entirely new to me and yet somehow it feels like it was always the right choice and we were always going to come up with this design it's amazing.
1: What about you Bexky? did you have I don't know did did you sort of have this preconception of what you might be creating?
0: No, no, not at all. I think that um, I have a certain style that I often work in and I wanted to challenge that a little bit as well. And this is a really exciting way to do that because I think working with other people pushes your techniques and pushes your style and pushes your ideas. And So I just wanted to be quite open. I do have certain technical ways that I draw, so that will always kind of come into it. But it gave me an opportunity to explore working with colour in a new way. I really love working with colour, and I think that was one of the reasons that we paired up together is the excitement about colour. So that was always going to be a big part of the design, so I was really happy about that. But it's working with colour in a way that I haven't before. So it was a great opportunity to keep an open mind and try and create something that was really fresh and exciting and new.
1: Did you do a few different concepts or did you sort of stumble on this fairly quickly?
0: Uh, No, I actually worked through a couple of different concepts. So I always like to, when I'm working with clients, throw out a few ideas because especially with a new relationship, which is, you know, what this ends up being when you're collaborating together, sometimes one idea that I think might be really great might not work. For the other person and, and that was the case and that was totally fine. That's all part of the process. So we were working on a few different ideas, but I think secretly in my heart I, I really wanted it to be the florals because that's what I really love. <laughs> yep. So we were pretty happy to, to proceed with that one. But I do I do like to try a few different things just to see what might come of it. And it can be something quite experimental. And, and I think that's a really nice thing about working is trying new things. So we did try a few different designs, a few different concepts, but it came back to this idea. And I think that it part of it was really just that connection with the themes that were, what am I trying to say? I think it was the connections with the theme of place and also the research that just really Made it a really solid concept
2: I think there's also some inspiration in there that i don 't know if it was conscious or subconscious, but one of the reference materials i I gave you was um, a picture of a dark constellation called the emu, so most western constellations are points of stars, and then we imagine a picture overlaid, but some of the indigenous people who live in the landscape and you know been I mean, continuous civilization for tens of thousands of years. They have dark constellations, so that's the dust in front of the stars that blocks it, and there's this absolutely stunning one. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it, and it's called the Emu, and its head is the Kolsak Nebula, and its body is the dust that covers the center of the Milky Way galaxy, and it tells the original people of the area, the Bajrayamaji, about when to hunt the Emu, and when to collect their eggs depending on where the emu sits around sunrise and sunset and i took a photo of this modern technology is ridiculous on my phone in astrophotography mode (laughs) just balanced it on the dashboard of the ute we were using to drive around the observatory and it just took like a five minute integration and um it's in this diagonal uh, shape where it looks like an emu standing up and i said that to becca that 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 shape has kind of propagated through to the final design a little bit, and I really love. I mean, we we didn't want to be, uh, you know, culturally appropriating anything that isn't our story to tell. But I thought that it was nice that we just got that resonance in there of a, a, a landscape and a skyscape that would have been seen and occupied and loved by people for you know now on fifty thousand years. And I am really honored to be part of uh, of that process.
1: I mean, you created an amazing piece, but I still think that if Becksky could visit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would love to visit. Oh, just um, in my research and the photos that Natasha sent through, looking at the landscape. And even actually, when I first found out that Natasha and I would be working together, I started looking at aerial photos of Western Australia. And one of the things that was incredible as well, um, when I found out, where the telescope is, was zooming out, just seeing the patterns of where the water must run across the land as you go out. And it's just such a different landscape from where I'm from. I you know, was born and have grown up in Tassie. I've lived in a few different places, but I've never been to Western Australia. So I would love to come, especially in wildflower season and actually see that landscape come to life. Would be yeah, just, it's, it's yeah, kicking it's off at crazy. the moment.
2: It's all, all wildflowers up there at the moment. You know, had yeah. uh, not as much rain as last winter. Last winter was exceptional and the best season I've seen in 10 years. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is still very, very nice. Uh, unfortunately, I don't control trips to the observatory um, because it is a, a working observatory where, you know, the telescope's not our one because our one is digitally steered but there are other telescopes on site which move around and therefore there's a risk there so you know visits uh controlled by CSRO uh who who govern the observatory um and are pretty rare but uh yes definitely come to Perth uh we will uh (laughs) ask I'll let you know if there's ever an opportunity to visit
0: Yeah, have a cup of tea.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, right now there's some absolutely gorgeous wildflowers out as well, so yeah, beautiful
0: time. I think the other thing I I would love to see that you spoke about so passionately was the, and, you know, you were just speaking about then, was looking up and seeing the sky without the light pollution and how quiet it is as well. And as well, that's just something that I haven't experienced that I'd love to experience, that vastness and you know, it would be just powerful looking up into the sky that other people have been looking at for centuries from that location. And I think that would be a really special experience to, yeah. to have. So it was great hearing about that from you having been there and just how excited you were to speak about it was just really uplifting.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing that's quite amazing about the observatory is like when you're there during the day, you think, okay, you know, uh, not, it's not technically a desert, it's a semi-arid region. But there's there's a flora around, but it's quite low to the ground, and you see the occasional like iguana. There's plenty of flies, you know. There's insects and things. But what's quite fascinating is that it's actually very busy at night as well. And I often, like, I'm not normally allowed to stay on the observatory after night. Again, sort of safety rules. You need to leave it well before sunset so you're not hitting kangaroos on your way home. But uh, I was fortunate to be there during a documentary filming last year. And there was a, a setup we needed to do where we were doing a completely night shot where we needed to be totally in the dark and then have a lantern switch on. And so the camera needed a couple of minutes to get the game levels correct. And it was a moonless night, so completely dark. The emu overhead, uh, so that beautiful constellation. And we had to switch all the lights off. And we did. And within a minute, you could hear bats. You could hear kind of rustling in the bush. You could hear animals starting to move around. And so it's quite clear. The whole landscape is completely alive. Everything's just avoiding us because we're loud and we've got lights and, you know, we're, we're talking to each other. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's actually just such a gorgeous place and um really pleased that, yeah, we I get to visit, but that for the most part we leave it to its own devices and its own ecosystem and everything is just, you know, happily growing and uh,
1: being uh, beautiful. I love it. It sounds like we all need to uh, Yeah. but then obviously, you know, not for too long. I'm curious heading into this because, you know, we've got a scientist and we've got an artist. There are very strong stereotypes in the media in sort of like social consciousness about what it's like to work with one or the other. Did you, were there were there any particular, say, stereotypes or assumptions you had in your head coming into this project that you either found to be true or were just like completely false, for example? Beck, maybe? What a scientist really like?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think I had any preconceived ideas. I mean, I have met scientists before. This was not my first time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it was more I was worried that I wouldn't understand the concept and also – to make them something tangible that could be a visual representation. So I think that was my big concern, was not so much about ideas of how a scientist would speak or behave, but more about whether I would be able to synthesize what I was hearing into something visual. And I found the process fantastic. I mean, Tasha's just super lovely and so passionate about what she's doing and so easy to talk to. And she was really available to answer the questions that I had. And even things like we were just messaging today about, uh, I have to write a little description about the artwork, and I just wanted her to check over that I got some of the terminology correct. And I knew that I could ask her about it, that I wouldn't feel that I'd got something wrong or that it was a a bad thing, but that I could just openly say, I'm not sure if I've got this right. Can you help me uh, make sure that I'm saying it accurately? Because I want to make sure that I'm being as clear and accurate in sharing those ideas as I can because that's what this is about is as a communication tool. So I I found that really good, but I don't think it it was um, any preconceived ideas. I think it was just ended up being a really happy experience. And, yeah, I just feel like I've learnt so much through the process and had a really positive time getting to know Natasha and about her work and feeling that it was really free and open to have conversations around both what I was doing and what she was doing
2: yeah and I awesome. also had a fantastic time I don't think that I have strong preconceived ideas about who artists are how they behave and my sister is a graphic designer and also does fashion and things so I guess having a personal relationship with someone in the family who's an artist it's like I know that they are normal people like everybody else. (laughs) But Yeah, I guess if anything, I might have been a little worried that we might, um, I don't know, that my my work might be too technical. We might not find some creative way of bringing it to life, you know, that's that's beautiful and accessible. But Beck just sort of instantly allayed my fears by producing these beautiful uh, initial designs. And so... I was very happy after that and we had, like, no problem collaborating. Uh, it was it was really delightful. So, yeah, um, it's been a great positive experience.
1: That's good to hear. I'm glad we didn't go in with too strong. Sometimes uh, unflattering images in the media. Is there anything specific that you're hoping people will take away from these designs? Like if someone's walking down, the, which they will be, someone will be walking down the street wearing beautiful piece of artwork and hopefully their barista says that's a cool shirt is there sort of something that you hope people will be able to talk about or will get from this maybe start with natasha yeah i
2: hope that it helps them realize that like radio is another way that humans can explore the world and the universe and that it's uh unveils this kind of colourful and exciting universe that, like Rexky was saying, it can be this barren expanse, but suddenly within it are these pops of light and pops of colour. And so give people a sense that, you know, we're exploring the universe and discovering new things every day, but that it's surprisingly connected to life here on Earth. So that's what I'm hoping, that this this design inspires, a sort of appreciation of, of space and astronomy and, of course, the gorgeous landscapes on which we do our work. What about you, Becksky?
0: Yeah, I think that I'm hoping that it'll be a good conversation starter as well. I think, you know, at first it might be a bit unusual to have, you know, what's a skyscape but these flowers in space. So I'm hoping that it'll start a good conversation of, of why that is. And I hope people also take away that strong sense of our country and the importance of our placement in the world for this type of work and this type of learning that we're doing, I think that, yeah, that conversation will be really great. And also, you know, seeing space in a new way. I didn't know that there would be pictures of space that had so much colour. Uh, and so I think that pushing that understanding forward and pushing that learning forward, um, and if that can go out into the community and start some conversations, then I think that's a really
1: special thing. Awesome. I can only hope this. That happens because it's not just pretty it's also an educational piece which is very cool what about what you have personally learned or will take away from this collaboration
0: so I think there's some technical stuff for me like when I was saying about learning some new ways to create color and and work with color in my artwork I had to do a little bit of deep dive into the software that I use and create some new techniques so I'm definitely taking away some extra skills practical skills for my artwork from that Um, and it's also just learning learning about who's working in Australia what type of work's going on in Australia learning about Natasha's work and and getting that passion as well and as we were talking about earlier in the show that When you speak to other people about what they're doing and they look at what you're doing and you collaborate together and energize what you're doing. So I think there's the practical things, but it's also that energy that I'll take away into my practice. And I think the other thing that I'll take away, it's just been really nice to be working across technology, even though I'm in Tasmania off the end of Australia, sometimes feel a little bit isolated down here. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm a freelancer who works from home. So often I'm many hours in my office at home drawing away. It's really amazing to be able to be connected across to the other side of Australia and hear stories about what's happening there and, and connect with Natasha and her work across the ocean, you know, not the ocean, the Bass Strait. But it's, yeah, that's been really nice and something to take away that. Um, will be really special from this process.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's it's really lovely. And I think it's, we should do more of this, you know. I don't know if Shirty Science wants to consider this, but pairing people from different states, it's very good. Think, uh, both Tassie and WA we both get overlooked by the uh, the other more popular states sometimes. <laughs> I, I, got, I did a, an outreach talk at a high school and they gave me as a, a gift a, a map of Australia in chocolate with the terrain embossed. And Tasmania wasn't included. <gasps> there was no little Tasmania. I know, day. and I noticed as a Western Australian, I was like, "That's not <laughs> on." You can't just leave a whole state <laughs> off. But I kind of felt like maybe there are uh, anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to be too mean to people on the east coast. But I felt like maybe uh, people on less denigrated states might not have motors. So I felt offended on your behalf then. But- thank you yeah i appreciate (laughs) it it's been it's been really great working across uh different different time zones different um and different modes of working you know like uh, uh, for me i think the biggest takeaway is there are some similarities in the way that artists and scientists work you know you've got to test your ideas you've got to you know create things and then let them simmer you know come back to them you've both got to do research and get reference but then there's that spark of creativity where you try something new so there's similarities but the differences are also just sort of inspiring you know I feel like sometimes in science well there are techniques that will work and will often fall back on them and it you can end up kind of just sort of doing the same things that you've always done because that tends to give results and you can kind of almost ossify until you're not really trying anything new at all but science is about experimentation, like we have to try new things in order to discover things that we didn't expect. And so if I take away anything, it will be like that idea of doing completely different designs, you know, really trying different techniques and then letting other people kind of reflect and, and judge and, and give you some feedback. And that it, that's, a, that's a lovely process and um, it doesn't mean that the other designs – are not you know worthy or anything they're also interesting uh but you can kind of do that like the feedback loop of, of sort of more open-ended uh discussion and experimentation and i think i'll take that inspiration with keep trying to apply it to my own work
1: oh, i love it it's such a cool thing to take away it's and it's so tangible as well <laughs> So just before we wrap up, have either of you got anything else that you would like to take this opportunity to say that you haven't said?
2: Just big thanks to the strategy
1: science organisers. I think
2: it's such a cool programme. I really wasn't aware of it before this special science week, but now I will be telling all my friends. So, yeah, I hope we can get a good showing on the, the store this year. And, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for, the green, you know, for having us on here to, to chat about this. It's been really nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been a great project to work on and a big thanks to Maddie for putting it together. Uh It's been great to, we only briefly met the other artists and scientists, but as well just to know that there's people out there who are working on shirty science as well and I'm really looking forward to seeing all those finished pieces and just how 14 different people can come together and produce different things and uh, yet yeah, put their hearts and souls into it. It will be really exciting to see. So it's, yeah, been great to be part of that process and I'd really encourage any other artists out there who are listening to this to uh, put their hands up or, you know, think about getting involved in a project like this. It's been fantastic. So, yeah, and thank you for having us here to talk about it and it's also just felt really nice to catch up together and be able to talk about the work that we've been doing um, now that we've finished it. It's, uh, yeah, been great to hear your response as well amelia that you've enjoyed it so thanks for that that's nice encouragement that we're on the right track yeah so thank you
1: no worries thank you both so much for coming on the show this has been absolutely delightful i think i hope all the listeners are feeling like me and are just sort of like filled with this like very happy warm fuzzy like good vibes and the t-shirt is just going to be epic so great
0: thanks thanks for having us awesome thank you
1: thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please pass it on to someone else who you think might enjoy it as well. And if you want to support Avid Research this year, that would be amazing. Uh, You can buy us a coffee. Head to avidresearch.com.au and there'll be a link. Buy me a coffee and you can support us with a one-off little coffee payment. Thanks so much for listening. You're a legend.